0: GangaRotain listeners, we wanted to do something fun. So we've put out nearly 200 episodes of GangaRotain. We've got over hundreds of thousands of downloads now, and we wanted to go back and find some from the vault. So we're pulling out an episode from April of 2021 with Holly Firestone, who is an amazing community leader, and it's called All Aboard the Community Hype Train. And similar to how we must listen to our customers, we talk with Holly, about listening to the community members, their wants, their needs, desires, and how you can appropriately align those and build in the right order of operations. And you can have a successful community that in turn can deliver business value. Those two things can live together, right? You can help your members and further what they're trying to do while also um, getting value for the business. And so um, Holly does a great job of of diving in with us and wanted to reshare this episode. So give it a listen here next. Uh, Welcome back to another episode of Gain, Grow, Retain. Uh, I think this is going to be episode like 115 or one. One seventeen, somewhere around there. So um, I'm excited that we've actually eclipsed 100, which is a crazy to think about. But we've got Holly Firestone, who is the head of community at Benefy, and coming to us from uh, the great state of Texas, where I hear everything is bigger. So Holly, thank you for uh, for hopping on today and uh, just chatting.
1: Very excited to to join you. I would say it's the great city of Austin, even though I'm a Texan. Let's let's go with that for now.
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, we always like to start with a fun. Maybe a couple of questions, just to you know, loosen us up, start us off. So, what is your uh, what is your favorite fruit?
1: My favorite fruit, grapes. <laughs> Grape. Wow, grapes.
0: that was so quick. Yeah, Green grapes too.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's easy, and you just stick them in a bowl, and whenever you walk by, I just saw a funny meme that was like. You know, there's some people that like know exactly what they're going to eat. And then there's some people that just stand in front of their fridge and like end up eating a grape, or, like a random grape and a piece of cheese and like my <laughs> random grape and piece of cheese. First, so.
0: <laughs> my, I've been on the train of trying to convince my wife that green grapes are better for years and I've, I've not successfully won. She continues to think that red grapes are better and it's always going to be a struggle in our household. I think we're going to have to You're buy
1: absolutely it. right. And I went down that road. I went down the red grape road for a while in college. <laughs> sounds ridiculous, but I did. And then I, I came back around. I realized what was right to do. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Wild college years. Yeah. <laughs> <Eating> red grapes. <laughs> uh,
0: I think every time I ask that question too, it changes my, what I would say my favorite fruit is, you know, um, I'm, I'm probably gonna go with mango right now. I don't know. Strawberries up there too. Like,
1: also like seasonal depends on the time of year. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, uh, all right. My second question for you is, are you going to stay up for fireworks this new year's Eve, like this new year's Eve? Like, are you, you going to make it till midnight or is it like, man, we're past that. We're more like dinner and you know, Dinner in bed is like more of the the modus operandi.
1: Okay. So you mean specifically for New Year's? Uh, well, yeah. we had a New Year's tradition. We always went to like a me and my husband for the week. Uh, we'd go to dinner at like 10 o'clock. So we we're always like at a really nice dinner. They always give out champagne. Um, so that's usually what we do. This year will be interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even thought. I don't know. I don't know what it's <laughs> tomorrow, let alone that. But we normally stay up late so <laughs> new year's is no exception my husband's a software developer so he'll code until like three o'clock in the morning
0: yeah so he'll, yeah i was uh, i just asked our our team at uh, higher logic i said what at what age is it appropriate just to start falling asleep before midnight on new year's eve and uh i think the best answer that came back was uh one of, one of our um one of our awesome, I think it was our community managers was like, Oh, I think it's the, whenever you have your first kid, whatever age that is is when you start falling asleep before uh, fireworks and midnight midnight for New Year's Eve. So I think that was the best answer I saw. I feel
1: like there's no answer. You do you. I feel like to go to bed early.
0: Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. Well, You have uh, certainly spent a career in community and we were chatting a little bit before this just about how um, community has become the buzzword that I think everyone is focused on now. You know, everyone should have been investing in community five years ago uh, from what everyone tells you and that you read. So um, I'm curious, you know, from your standpoint, like the, I don't know, do you, are you glad the hype is here or are you, are you like people get off my train? I've been here before, you know, where do you stand on just people getting on, getting on the hype train for community right now?
1: I am, I am all about it. Um, I am, you know, I've spent a lot of time besides working in this industry, figuring out what we can do to push the industry forward. I think that, you know, there's a lot of validation that comes with this and still a long road ahead to make sure that all of these companies that are building community are doing it the right way and seeing value from it so that, you know, we continue to realize that value for years to come. One of the issues that's come up since, um, you know, nobody, not nobody, but a lot of places were not investing in community five years ago is that we have a, like a very um, we have a dearth of community professionals between you know five and fifteen years of experience. You know we've got tons of people that are just coming into the industry. You know getting up and running two or three years. There's not many of us that have been doing this over a decade. So right now companies are struggling to hire people with community experience because you know a lot of companies weren't investing in it five years ago. A lot of people didn't have opportunities to build their career in that way. Um, and if you stick around for as long as I did. You weren't making much money. That's for sure. You weren't getting a great title, you know, so it took a long time to get here and I'm really excited for where it's going. And definitely like, I want more people to come in as long as they're, you know, serious about it and doing it the right way. And, you know, also valuing community experience and the community professional.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, maybe the thing that I am most excited, most excited about, uh, so I've spent my career just in customer success. And so, you know, uh, very close to community, but certainly not, I would not, you know, consider myself in that bucket you just mentioned of, you know, community professionals who've been doing this for 10 years, but I think I've been able to see the power of community. And I think what I'm most excited about right now is that people are actually talking about how community can drive outcomes other than just support deflection. Like that was everyone's just go-to in B2B SaaS. I feel like for like the last five years. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think one of the things that Jay, uh, and I've talked about a lot, which is like, if you, I think to your point, if you can invest in it, right. And you can think about it as, um, you know, bringing your peers together in, having positive experiences with your brand and all these things that are like these kind of tangential uh, benefits of having a community is at the end of the day, like all of these things can actually ladder up and lead to things that we care about as a SaaS business, like retention, renewals. Uh, We can actually drive, you know, greater satisfaction and have NPS that increases. Like there's all these other ancillary benefits that actually can be measured and have impact. Um, And so I think I'm most excited that the, the shtick of, oh, we should just get a support community and it's just going to help our, you know, we're going to look at it as it's going to be a reduction of, of tickets or it's going to be a reduction of our time on support. I think I'm just most excited that, that story. Hopefully it's going to be going away because there's so much more that can be.
1: Yeah. I think it's been a mix of that and then a lot of marketing. So, okay, we get these people in our community and they're our brand ambassadors and that's not the same thing. And so I, yeah. have, I have a hard time with community and marketing because it, you know, it, it's the wrong, and I would say the wrong metric to look at, but it can't be the only thing that you look at because like you said, there's tons of value, tons of value across the organization. So I am excited for the same reason that people are going to start seeing it as a more, um, dynamic, strategic, um, you know, entity and team on there at their company.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I love the point you mentioned too about marketing and advocates, because, um, I think one of the things that we've noticed too, is in customer success, we talk about advocates a lot, like, Oh, we need more customer stories. We need more references. We need more. And, um, uh, I think again, like over time, I think people have thought about that as like, you've been with us a long time, you go through this this kind of singular customer journey, which is never really true. And then you become an advocate and it's just a step in your customer journey when in, in actuality it's more like a ladder and it's more like there are steps of being an advocate for us. And one of them could be, you know, that you're actually an advocate through our community and that you're actually engaged as a MVP of our community. Or there's some, you know, some sort of way that you're looking at that, but then there's, know, customer advisory board, and there's, you know, doing webinars and speaking at conferences, like there's all these other things that come along with that. And so I think that's the other thing that I've um, noticed as well is that um, hopefully people start to understand too, like, how can, how can our advocates inside of our community start to become, you know, part of this ladder experience that we need to create for our customers to feel like there's, there's always stuff that we can be doing together that just builds the relationship and that it kind of moves us up rather than just thinking about it as like this kind of stake in the ground.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that community offers there is the, the, customer community members perspective, right? So you're gonna build this ladder. They need to be a part of building that, you know? a huge part of this is that there's a big listening element in, in any community. And um, everything that you do, you have an opportunity to build with them. And so, you know, missing out on that opportunity. I mean, I just, I feel like you can't ask for a better opportunity than having people in the community that want to provide that feedback, that want to participate, that care about the direction of these things. So building that without understanding what incentivizes them and what they want in return, I mean, that's that's definitely a missed opportunity. So, you know, obviously community can play a ton of roles in that, but that's the first one I think about because that's where you start.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just wrote down two things that are going to stick with me. I'm going to, I tend to write things down during these uh, sessions like this, where I like go, uh, I'll go give you credit, but I'm going to go use them in slides or put them in like build with them. Is just like so short and concise and easy to like latch onto. Like it's not building it for them. It's not building it. uh, Like it's literally how do we build it with them? Like I love that. Cause it's, I mean, to your point too, like it's the, it's almost like the best listening mechanism we have um, inside of an organization yet oftentimes is uh, maybe not largely thought about in terms of just the, the value you can provide. Um, not only, I think a lot of people, you know, think about maybe like ideation as a part of the community. And it's like, oh, we're gonna go listen to what they want. But then also um I think maybe the thing that I'm most excited about for uh, like in our community for our customers right now is uh, how do we actually start getting outside of our product? Like they spend maybe 20 to 30% of their day in our products. And so there's a whole 70 to 80% of our personas that we're talking to that they're not dealing in our product. They're going through things. And so then how do we tap into that? Because that's the that's the part we want to actually start to impact as well. And part of the part of the reason why our community exists is so that professionals can actually come together as peers and say, hey, are you struggling with this? Are, are you struggling with this? Or here's an opportunity that I'm going through. Like, I think that is um, sometimes often maybe largely ignored or thought about, which is if we're not talking about our product, we feel like we're missing the mark or we feel like we're, we're not gonna be talked about or something like that. Like, I just feel like, you know, you don't have to do that all the time in terms of community or marketing or wherever you are. Like, I think there's just this misnomer uh, that comes along with that too.
1: Well, I think that, is thats an indication of a different kind of problem too, because if your community, if the people in your community are talking to each other and the conversations are just naturally happening, you know, then it's going to lead to things outside of just your product. But if you are in the community and way too involved and try to curate all the conversations and try to own the direction that they go, and they're only going to talk about your product, that's a problem. So yeah. I don't think you would even really recognize not necessarily they wouldn't recognize if they were talking about stuff outside of your product. but you know, it's just not something that you, can or should want to control, you know, and I think in terms of g- kind of going back to building with them, I mean, this is a topic I could talk about forever. Um, but there's, you know, there's something to be said about when you build with them, It they have a sense of ownership in what you're building. When they have a sense of ownership they say like, I, I put my stamp on this, I built this with them. They take a lot of pride in that. You know, people in the community, it's their community. Now they feel attached to it. And they will advocate for it and they will recruit for it and they will continue to build with you. But you have to genuinely, uh, you know, give them ownership. And I think that that makes a lot of companies and sometimes community teams really uncomfortable. And it's it's a really, it's a really important balance to achieve. You know, you think about um, distributed ownership. So, what are the levels and layers of ownership that you give them, but that it is, you know, it helps everybody meet their goals, including theirs. So, I think about that a lot, um, you know, in terms of building with them. And then, in terms of getting feedback, I will just say this because it, I just have to, which is that if you're going to ask for feedback, which is an amazing thing to even have a group of people that want to give you their feedback in the first place, some companies have to like, pay for that. Um, use it. <laughs> it seems like a really simple concept, but you, you'd be surprised. Like so many people will get the feedback and then just completely ignore it and you can't use everything, but you can at least close the loop and say, we heard your feedback. This is why we can't or can't do this. This is the compromise we came to, whatever it is. And then they will fiercely advocate for you, you know, because they get it and they know that they were part of that decision-making process.
0: Yeah. the, Closing the loop part is just the most important, which, but it's often the time that it's often the thing that just gets again, ignored, uh, sometimes, you know, it's it's the same, um, concept where, you know, people always think that customers are gonna get mad when they submit a support ticket. It's like, no, they'll, they'll, they're reasonable people, right? Like we're going to understand if you, if you communicate with me if you close the loop if you're always keeping me in the loop about what's happening where the ticket is why it's going you know why it's taking so long that kind of thing um so i think about that one of the things that we did early on with our community um with those office hours calls that i was telling you about those weekly calls so we started with 20 people and i sent a survey after every single weekly session we had and then the beginning of the next session we would actually review the results like together and we would say here's what here's what you told us like 20 of you filled out the survey that last week thank you for doing that here is our here's the mps you gave us here's the feedback here's how we're adjusting today's session to like address that feedback. And so we did that for eight straight weeks, like almost verbatim. Like we would just read the results back and I think people would get sick of it. But to your point, like we actually increased our response rate over time, which I was just like, it blew my mind because coming from a customer success world, like your response rates are just so low on surveys and you're just like always downtrodden because you're like, Oh, my customers are not giving me enough feedback. But in that case, it was like our thought leadership community over here is like, actually increasing response rates. And I think it I think back to your point, like I think it was directly correlated to the fact that we actually read back the results and said, mm-hmm. if you actually tell us something, we're gonna try and adapt it um, and actually present it back to you in like a transparent way.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of did something similar um, I love that by the way and I, I did something when I was at Salesforce um, we we had a bunch of user group leaders and um, those are people that are volunteering their time to run meetups you know salesforce meetups in their area we give them a set of tools and resources but they're, they're really running them they're owning them and we never really did anything for them so at um, and we never surveyed them really I started in 2015 and I there was no data that I had so I started surveying them when I started um, you know just asking them a bunch of questions about the program and all those things and then at dreamforce our big conference every year. We finally brought everybody together. I called it a state of the union. It was a terrible name, but we we brought everybody together and we did the same. We read the survey results. You know, this is how you rated our team. This is what we want to be next year. And that was the first year we did it. And then every year after we said, this is what we were last year. This is what we are this year. And then we would take all of that feedback and use it to build our roadmap for the next year. And so we'd go through the feedback first and then the roadmap and they could see the connection between the two. And it was awesome. You know, and Gosh, I think the last one that I did, first one I did, I think it was like 80 people came and the last one I did was over 400. Holy so and I know that they did it virtually this year too, which is amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. I love
0: that. Yeah. I mean, and I love how you tied that into like how you guys are building like your roadmap of like things that we should be working on. How do we improve this? Like again, kind of back to the listening mechanism, right? We've got this audience If we're gonna ask them to provide feedback then we at least need to incorporate it in some way. Um, we, we've we been doing a similar thing. So I've got an onboarding sequence to our Ganger Routine community where the last piece of the onboarding experience is like, almost a one sentence email that comes from me that says, I'd love your feedback. And it just says, what's going to keep you here for years. Um, and it is like near hundred percent response rate that I get on that thing, which is um, awesome. And so what I do is I actually take all those responses with our community manager and we actually sit down and go through and see like, okay, what are people here for? Like, what do they want? Like, what's going to be? Um, and I think people, that kind of shocked people because they were like, oh, what, like what's next? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm actually, well, I don't know. Like what's next. I'm going to listen to, the, you know, what's going to be valuable to the audience because Uh, I am a part of the audience technically because I'm, you know, the persona that we're trying to pursue, but at the same time, it's not just one voice. Um, So I love that idea too, that you did.
1: How many community managers do you have? Uh,
0: For, well, for our community, for our gangro tank community, we've got, uh, yeah. uh, So we've got like two community managers uh, that help me. Um, We have not, or where we're going to venture in 2021 is uh, getting more into small groups and volunteers and like empowering the community to start, yeah, building with us, um, and so that's why I also am latching onto that because I think we've we've uh, done a great job of building our community and, and getting it off the ground. And I think people are energized and there's a lot of excitement. But I think also we've done a poor job um, as much as we lead with transparency and we love um, you know accountability and uh, kind of all these things, authenticity that we think we bring to the table. One thing that we haven't done very well is built with them um, in terms of after the kind of the, the beginning. Like we did we did it really well in the beginning. We haven't done it really well in the middle. And so now we're kind of in this stage where uh, I feel like it's just important to get back to that. So that our, so that our members, I think they would tell you that they feel connected to the community. I would, I don't think they feel ownership over the community. And so we're trying to change that um, that small verbiage change there um, and trying to get them to own some of these small groups and feel empowered to go do those meetings and just bring back their findings and results.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I think that, you know, when they take it and run with it, you'll see some amazing things that happen that you would have never thought of, you know, and same, you know, seen so much come out of communities that I just couldn't have ever imagined. So yeah. it's, it's exciting to, to kind of let, let go of the reins a little bit and see what people come up with.
0: That's the hardest part too. You have to be, and this goes back to your uh, point earlier, right. Which is like, you have to be okay. And, and you have to be comfortable with seating control. Um, yeah. And understanding the fact at the end of the day that like it's going to probably drive ownership, probably some innovation, like people are going to think about things differently than you would. So it actually will be a greater net positive if you actually see control and, and help, you know, feel like they're owners uh, in the community. So that's something yeah. that's hard. Though. And
1: I feel like the, you have to have the right structure in place to do that, because obviously especially for, you know, an enterprise community, you have to be thoughtful about not just letting everybody run run off and do a million things. Like you really have to make sure that the guidelines are super clear so they know exactly what they can go and do and have the freedom to do. And you have to make sure that those things actually exist, that there are a lot of places where they can be innovative, but also have this right structure in place that the things that they have to, you know, pull back into um, you know, that they are doing that. So a great example is, you know, using the same event platform so you can pull the numbers and see how things are going. Or so you have a direct line to the members in case something is going on with the leaders, you know, the user group. So anyway, there's a lot of things you can put in place that make a lot of sense and make it a lot easier for you to let people kind of run with things and innovate.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that point though. Like you're, you're essentially trying to just build the, the framework, right? It's almost like you're building the scaffolding and then you're letting them, um, kind of use that to their, you know to go empower the types of community experiences that they want to have with their other members.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, I like that analogy too. I'm going to use that. (laughs) Um, I like it. So uh, one of the things I thought was really interesting was your, um, was your Twitter thread that you started back in, looks like November 17th uh, where you got some exciting news that you were going to be reporting to your CEO as part of a a change in the organization that community was getting, you know, um, kind of a big, a big boost inside of Venify uh, and you know felt like this was just a huge just reading in between the lines felt like this was just a huge moment for you because you, you um I think probably felt validated and vindicated you know that we're kind of making progress where we need to but um you kind of mentioned it earlier right sometimes community lives in marketing sometimes it might live in customer and so maybe t- I don't know um talk about it a little bit I guess maybe we'll start with why you're you're so excited to report it to the uh, to the CEO and the, what you think that's going to bring uh, we'd love to start there and then I want to ask you maybe a couple other questions
1: so to start, uh, I think I can't remember you, how exactly you phrased. I think you said that when I found out on November seventeenth, I tweeted. It is very important to note that. I found out well before that. It was well yeah. before that that I started working on this to make it happen. So yeah. it wasn't magic. I didn't find out. I, I, I worked yeah. for this. So yes. it's a very important thing. It wasn't like someone came to me like now community. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but now community is
0: yes, you know, definitely not minimized. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of funny. So um, now I forgot what your question was. <laughs> um,
0: I just so as you start thinking about now, just how you. Uh, how that change came about, right? Like mm-hmm. what has you, what has you so energized and excited just to uh, kind of report to the CEO and like what you think that's going to bring to you and your position and, and to what you think it's going to bring to your community members as well.
1: So, I mean, it's, it's really exciting first and foremost for the community industry. You know, I think that there's a lot, I think you use the word validation. So, you know, Historically, a lot of people in community roles have not had that validation. Um, you know, underpaid, undertitled, a lot of responsibility, other things being thrown at them, or it's a side job. And so this is a really important step in the right direction. I think, you know, for a lot of community professionals, you know, we've got a a North star of chief community officer that there is someone that has a seat at the table, just as much as a marketing professional, uh, chief customer officer, you know, you have, you have influence over, over the business, um, with the community perspective in mind. So, you know, I think that that, um, that's the first piece of this is just being really excited about what this does for the industry, um, and hopefully setting example that other that other um, companies will use and how they set up their community teams. Um, you know, and then the way that I look at this is that um, you know it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to really think about, how, you know, with with everything, um, you know, everything set up in the right way, what can you do with community? So for me, you know, thinking about. Um, I actually, instead of having my, my community goals, focus on whatever, whatever organization that I am in, you know, really thinking about our business goals. So top line business goals, what can the community do to help us get there. And that may shift from, from year to year, of course, like, you know, it just really depends on, on what we're trying to do and what we're trying to help our community achieve. Um, and so, you know, I'm thinking about how we build this out for different audiences and then for different business values. So there's just so much opportunity and it's really a blank slate. Uh, and I'm really excited to see with a blank slate and with the resources and with the right, um, you know, the right team structure, what (laughs) happens next? Um, so yeah, it's an exciting thing. I love to build and I get to do that.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I love the point you mentioned too, just about how this, I mean, starts with one starts has to start somewhere in terms of setting, starting to set the precedent or expectation in, you know, the the software world about, you know, how this can actually report to the CEO. It can be a strategic position. So I love that point. Um, first and foremost, you know, in and of itself, but I think it also, I guess like one of the things that comes to mind for me too, is, um, how much credibility it can lend to your, to your customer base. Like, you know, this isn't, I mean, to your point, like, I think sometimes customers might look at where some initiatives live and say, oh, it's kind of tucked in marketing, right? Like, oh, like, you know, I can understand what's gonna happen there. They're they're just gonna try to market the shit out of me, or they're gonna try and you know, drive upsell, cross-sell through community, like whatever it might be, you know. Um, and so I think it lends itself to a lot of credibility, just to your point of, you know, clearly that this is an important enough initiative that it reports to the CEO that there's gonna be um visibility to board members, there's gonna be visibility to, you know, actually achieving business outcomes, like we're gonna be held accountable by the person who's held accountable to, you know, at the very top of the organization. So I think that in of itself probably lends credibility that your customers hopefully will see as a positive too, that, um, you know, there's going to be good results that they can drive from this, but there's going to be investment resources like there's actual kind of backing.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, And if you the email that um, that Jeff, our CEO, he wrote uh, when he was announcing this to everybody, it it brought that up actually. It was like, this sends the message we want to send to our customers, which they are the most important. Um, something along those lines. So I, I couldn't agree with you more, and i I, I believe that especially about marketing, but put community and marketing. <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting message that you send. So yeah, I agree.
0: Um, you know, as you, as you look at, it sounds like, uh, a fun 2021 for you, right. You have to go into uh, a building phase. Um, uh, and as you start, is there, um, a framework that comes to mind for you about how you, like, where do you start? How do you go about this? Um, like, is there, you know, like what's the, um, uh, I don't know if at a high level you can kind of give, like, what's the at the you know forefront of your mind right now? Like, what are some of the early steps that you're trying to take to kind of get the community up and going or starting that process?
1: So the very first thing that I did is I went on a listening tour Um, And I talked to everybody on our executive team. And it wasn't that I sat down and had a a conversation with them about what community is and what community can do for them. I already presented my vision to them at that point as a group, but sat down and really wanted to understand their business. What were they thinking about? What were they thinking about in the next year? What are they thinking about in the next three years, five years? Not, you know, not just their goals, but like their challenges? Um, What are they thinking about for their teams? I mean, you name it. And it didn't have to have anything to do with community, but it gives me a really well-rounded understanding of the the challenges that they're facing and the things that they're trying to do. And then eventually, you know, as part of the community strategy, we'll figure out how all that fits together. So I think the listening tour is huge. And really, it's a listening tour. I'm not doing a ton of talking. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so um, I think that that was very, um, very important. And then they would recommend other people on their team for me to talk to. So they're really, really deep conversations. Um, and I think that uh, you know I learned a lot from them. And then the next piece of that is that every single team will have a shared goal with community at the exec level. So head of you know, support, head of sale. I mean, everybody will have some kind of, um, shared goal with community shared OKR, but
0: I yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, i I was writing that down. I love, I love that. Like how every team has a role to play, um, and listening to our becomes so critical too, because you, um, you start to hear, I think sometimes people often like tell you what you, what they tell you. Uh, what you want to hear, right? And I think sometimes when you're actually just listening, you hear some other things where it's like, actually, I think community can help there or there. Like, here's some other little ancillary areas that they have been thinking of where we can actually play a role or play a benefit. Um, so that's where I think it comes in, like so deep in terms of just listening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Some people went into the conversations started with, "This is what I think we can do with community." I was like, "No, we're not talking about community." Actually, step <laughs> back uh, because people come in with their, you know, preconceived notions about what community is or what it can do. And you know, being the community expert at the company, then you know, I really want to to better understand what they're facing and then work together with them to decide what, what fits, you know, what they're trying to do um, and how the community can play a role there.
0: Yeah. We um, so I've only been at higher logic for, I guess, five months now or six months. But one of the first things we did was um, we did a 50 and 50 tour. So we went to listen to 50 customers in 50 days, um, which was really impactful. And so since then we also uh, have put, I don't know, five customer calls in our uh, just, our set, like just as a director of CX, like our chief customer officer, like just five calls on our calendars roughly every week to talk with customers, um, just to try and hear the language they're using hear the challenges opportunity, like just, you know, yeah. just to listen, I mean, more so to listen than us to prescribe anything. So, I, I mean, I love, um, that concept internally too, though. Like that's, you know, internal, external, like how I can you bring those qualitative, uh, sources together. And then, uh, I'm sure at some point, right. There's data and quantitative that comes, it comes along with that as well as you start getting into, into that.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's an interesting exercise, of course, because I feel like even though I've been at Venify, you know, close to a year now, I learned so much that I had no idea about, or, you know, different, just different perspectives about what was going on. So it was definitely very, very valuable for me. Um, and, you know, then we'll, you know, pull together everything I learned, gather, you know, some key insights and then build out a strategy from there, you know, and I have a general idea of the roadmap and kind of the timing on everything, but really better understanding where we're going to prioritize because, you know, we could do, something with community for everything and everybody and every audience, but we can't do it all at once. So it has to, it has to get prioritized.
0: Yeah. Is there, um, in the, I guess in the forefront of your mind right now, like, uh, thinking about community and, uh, all the different types of interactions or engagements we can have, like, is there anything that's in the front of your mind right now? That's just like, I don't want to say like, uh, like easy pickings, but like, is there one or two that you're just like, man, if we can just go do this really quickly or really easily get it off the ground, like it's just going to be, it's going to kind of catch like wildfire.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, that's an interesting question. I I don't know if I've been thinking about it like that. I think, you know, so many things take a little bit of time to, to build, you know, and I also think, you know, Venify is a, we didn't talk about this. So Venify is a machine identity management company. And so we are dealing with, dealing with, but the people that we're talking to every day are, you know, they're in security, um, they're on security teams. And so, you know, I think that that's a unique audience and it's a unique audience to build a community for, because there's a lot of, um, you know, conversations that need to be protected, essentially. So yeah. there's some interesting stuff there um, to to kind of work around. And I don't think that it means we can't do stuff that will catch on like wildfire, but we have to be really thoughtful about every step along the way to make sure that there is no trust lost. And I think that goes for any community, but this one's especially, um, we just, you know, have to be really, really thoughtful about that. But on the same, you know, on the same kind of thread there, because they're security um, professionals, they don't necessarily have a lot of other people that do what they do that they can talk to. So the community becomes very, very valuable for them. Um, and you know, historically nobody talks to the security teams until something goes wrong and then it's not a happy (laughs) conversation. Right. So this is a really, really awesome opportunity for them to connect to each other. And that's the reason I took this job is because I thought this was a really great audience to build a community for, because they want to connect with other people. um, they need to connect with other people and historically, you know, don't have the professional development resources that a lot of other teams have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also love the answer because it goes back to, um, you know, we don't know exactly what to build yet because you also have to go. You know, make sure you do the research and make sure you actually talk and see what's going to be valuable for them. Just to your point, you know, um, like just because one type of um, strategy or communication or platform worked, you know, for a community elsewhere doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work for this audience as well. And thinking about how those personas might be different.
1: Yeah, and definitely that, of course. And then, you know, what I've been doing up until this point at Ventify is I was in marketing um, and really focused on. Under building the audience. So we don't have a customer marketing person right now. So we've not even built this audience yet. So it's taken taken some time to identify who they are, at each of these companies, you know, what they're looking for, how to bring them into a community, what they're looking for from a community. So that's been an interesting, um, an interesting exercise. But we um <clears throat> we have a customer uh summit once a year, and that's like the big recruiting event for me. So uh it was only two months after I started last year. So this, this coming one will be, sorry, this year, the next one, what year is it? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) the next one in 2021 will be an awesome opportunity to really push the community in a way that we haven't before. Um, so right now it's just building, building that audience. And then we're really going to invest now. We're definitely really going to invest a lot of time in building out a very, um, robust community with a lot of different, uh, programs and, um, opportunities attached to it. Well,
0: I'm hoping that event is in person. Uh, hopefully if, you know, Oh uh, sad. Yeah. Right
1: now. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, you know, one day we'll hope to uh I think we were talking about it, one day we'll hope to get a beer and act, you know, like like normal, we'll go out and you know, see friends, see people. Um one day soon, hopefully that'll that'll come to fruition. Yeah,
1: someday.
0: <laughs> uh, well last question, and then I'll let you um I'll let you hop out of here. But when you're as you think about kind of our audience, you know, a lot of B2B SaaS leaders, uh customer success angle, um kind of a tough question to answer because I don't know. There's probably gonna be a lot of, you know, like it depends, but like, where's the, what's the, where's the place to start? What's the, you know, if we don't have a community today, if it's, um, you know, kind of a, a glimmer in, in an eye, some, you know, situation, like, how do you, like, where, how do you even start that conversation or how do you even start to broach the subject and think about how this can actually impact your kind of your customer success org and the outcomes you want to drive retention, you know, driving higher satisfaction, those types of things.
1: Um, so I think it depends. I, I don't think you can do any of this without executive buy-in. I, I said it depends, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's
0: why I was laughing because I, I mean, it does, I know it's a t- tough question to answer, but, um, but yeah, I think you're, you're hitting on a couple of things. So
1: does not depend. So you de- definitely <laughs> does not depend. Uh, no, but you definitely need executive buy-in before you can do anything. So that's really a good place to start. I wouldn't say just jump right into it. Obviously do your due diligence, come with, come with examples, come with, um, you know, uh, information about other communities that have been really successful. And um, especially, you know, for, for me, you know, coming to Venify, we're creating a category, Salesforce created the category, and it's very important to build a community. If you're doing that because you have an education element, that's um, crucial for you to be able to to succeed. And so thinking about what the angle is for your company is going to be huge. Like, what is it about a community, not just the basic, like, these are the top metrics, you know, whatever that's that you can, you can pull that from some website somewhere, But yeah. what it, you know, what makes it unique? What makes it unique for you? Um, you know, how? What is the identity of the community? What is the mission of the community, and what does that mean? And that's that's basically, you know, how I how I approach this is that, um, you know, my so I was reporting to our CMO, and she retired, and you know, I was leaving. I said, you know, I really you've known all along. I do not think that I should be in marketing. You know, I really need to be reporting to our CEO. And so we kind of talked through it, and I put together a, a deck and presentation, and it really just talked about very high level um, you know, high level ideas. And I I shared the vision, what that meant for us, why it was important for this to sit on top of, you know, everything in the organization report directly to our CEO, but it wasn't, you know, we're going to see X amount of support deflection or we're not going to, you know, it was general. It was like, we're thinking about attrition. We're thinking about, you know, all of these different things that are just examples without getting too heavy into the metrics. So I think it's selling the vision to your executive team first getting the buy-in, getting the resources, and then you can kind of move forward. And, you know, I would say, don't go out of the loan, you know, um, find a community, an experienced community professional. If you can't find a consultant that can come in and help uh, train your team or help build a structure for you, uh, because I think that's a really important piece of this. It's, 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 I wouldn't say difficult, but having experience and knowing what to expect is really, really valuable when you're building community. And, you know, when you build a community, if you lose your community's trust, it's very hard to get back. So, you know, taking the right approaches in the first place, it takes, you know, I think an experienced community professional. And so trying to find one, um, and which is so hard right now, it's almost impossible because everybody's building community, but lots of great community consultants that can get you on the right track too.
0: Yeah. Uh, awesome. I love, I love that. Um, the message you just delivered there in the last part that, um, I would add, or the only thing that I would, um, think about and where I think we got some, uh, where like what we did early on was even just, I think back to one of your earlier points, like, uh, even to tell that story to your executive team, like what are some small things that you might be able to do with, um, a couple of customers, even just to start show how to, to start to show how that could actually work, like getting some of their direct feedback or start thinking about, um, smaller ways that you could kind of uh, bridge the gap of community and say, hey, we're we're starting this type of like small interaction or engagement. And just, I think even like little things like that that you could bring as a part of that story that say, hey, we've already tried, you know, a couple of these things and we're seeing good progress. Like, because um, I think sometimes people uh, sometimes think about too much of like customer wide. Oh, we have to push it to all customers at, all, at one time and do it. And I think um, like to your point, like the, a lot of times if you can bring the right story and just bring the right elements to that story that says, here's why it's important. Here's our focus. And we've already done a couple of things just to show that like it is, it might actually work. We've gotten some good feedback from these types of customers who maybe are important to us. Like, like that type of thing, I think also adds kind of validity to that, that story that you can tell the executive team as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They want to see that. They want to see how it relates directly to them too. So absolutely makes sense. But I agree. Like, not, but I agree. but <laughs> uh, it's late in the day. Selling them on a vision is really, really important. And that's part of the vision is that this could be so much more, this could do so much more. It, it is so meaningful. Um, yeah. So yeah, those examples, it's a great idea. Uh,
0: awesome. Well, Holly, there's like a million other questions I wanna ask because you just <laughs> brought up this angle of like education and how that folds it. Like there's so many things, but so um, much there. <laughs> we're, yeah, like we'll leave that for another time. I feel like um, I've taken up enough time today, but I, I'm hoping that we get to do this again in the future. Cause um, I just learned a lot. I wrote down a ton of things. <laughs> And my camera just went off, uh, but I wrote down a ton of things, um, that are really beneficial. So I appreciate you You spent some time and my dogs are walking this oh my is God, right God. End.
1: I earlier. So, it's perfect. um, uh, one, I guess one last thing is that I write a blog. It has tons of disinformation. Blog also, yourself, you yes. Jump in there. So it's hollyfirestone.com, but it's, it's not behind any, like paid anything on medium. You can just go read all of it. Um, yeah. And always here to answer questions. If you want to ping me on Twitter, it's hollyfirestone. So.
0: Yep. Awesome. I love it. Um, I'm glad you just, I was going to mention, you know, make sure you plug yourself uh, where people can find you. So uh, I follow you on, on uh, on Twitter now too. So, um, you know, wow. good, good stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I know we um, I feel in 2020, it's so odd to like network, you know, there's no like ways to like go have a coffee with people. Like, Hey, I'm in your city. Hey, like, you know, so I feel like the new networking is like, I'm just going to follow you on LinkedIn or Twitter because I like your content. And then hopefully I get the chance to meet you one day through like, you know, some connection that we have, uh, is like the way I've approached 2020.
1: I think. I mean, is that the new way or <laughs> it's going been around since 2008? I don't know. I don't know. That,
0: you you're me. right. You're right. I think maybe I'm just slow to the game. I'm slow. I'm slow in the uptake. I, um, are you doing you? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just catching on, you know, now I'm, yeah. now I'm, uh, you know, now I'm catching up. I don't know. You're probably 10 years ahead now. I don't know what you're, what you, if you're on TikTok, are you you old? I don't air. know
1: what you're saying. <laughs> no, nope,
0: You brought up 2008, you know, so now yeah. I'm thinking you're on TikTok. You're yeah, I mean, I was trip. alive
1: in 2008. So, you know, there's that. No, not on TikTok. I can't get on TikTok because there's security issues. and a whole thing. Have you uh, read about th- whatever?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I do not, I'm not on TikTok, but, um, I think, you know, that's probably the next platform for me, you know, is to go network with people on, on TikTok. It seems like,
1: yeah, I don't know if that's really a networking <laughs> situation, but you, uh, you
0: know, you do. Yeah. Uh, well, Holly, you Appreciate you spending some time and uh, looking forward to doing this again in the near future.
1: Yeah, sounds good. It was great chatting with you. Thanks
0: for having me. Hey, everybody. Jay here. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. You know, this started as a labor of love for Jeff and I a couple of years ago, and it's really turned into a movement around customer success and community, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it. Uh, we grow this by word of mouth, so we'd we'd love it if you're willing and you find value in what you hear on this podcast. Leave us a rating or a review on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll help us grow and, and provide value to more customer success. Professionals. Also, if you haven't yet, please sign up for Gain Grow Retain, the online community. It's gaingrowretain.com. You can meet other people, make one on one connections, share ideas, get ideas, grow your career ultimately. Um, be on the lookout also for live events, both in person and virtual this year. We're excited to get back to that. And thanks for being part of the community. We look forward to talking to you soon.